The future is now. Oh, yeah, I've heard that somewhere before in Washington football team. Lord Dave Johnson, Lord Rob Woodfork, Dave Preston, George Wallace. This is a DC Sports Huddle. It is presented to you by the MGM National Harbor, our good friends there. It's time to change the game at Bet MGM Sports. Uh, yes, <laughs> the future is, is now, although we can, you can argue that it's always now in the NFL because uh, this is not a league where you, I don't think you have a five year building program. And we discussed that. We've gone through two years. Uh, with Ron Rivera, as we've discussed, two very interesting years. And we've built a consensus, and this is not our shaking news, uh, need to find a quarterback for this team now. And I think uh, the the seriousness of the situation is in part because of the success of some parts on this Washington football team offense. Antonio Gibson, Terry McLaurin, most notably. Uh, that's why they re-signed Charles Leno, Brandon Sheriff, will be one of the offseason talking points, what they do about him. But let's just begin with what we all like to talk about since about 1971 in Washington, the quarterback position. George Wallace, a wonderful piece today. As you listened to all six hours of the press conference with Martin Mayhew and Ron Rivera on Monday, uh, where he, he was funny. He teased, a, you know, don't get thrown to the wolves. And, and yeah. then we laughed that maybe that Red Wolves will come. Anyway, George Wallace, quarterback, what do we do? <laughs> everything's on the table. That's a good answer yeah. that was proposed yesterday. Yeah, and that's the thing. He said there's four options, four ways to get the quarterback, either trade, draft, uh, free agent, or somebody that's on the roster. Well, we know that whoever's on this roster is not going to be the quarterback. He's made it very clear. He didn't mention Taylor Heineke by name at all yesterday during the presser or leading up to it. Uh, you know, fine. Hey, Heineke's under contract. I'd take him as a backup. No problem whatsoever. But – there's no more, no more questions like this. This is the only thing this team should be focused on this offseason is the quarterback. We touched on it last year. If you miss at a quarterback now, then you're probably going down a new coach route. And then you're going to reset the clock and go this, this, and this. So it was interesting what I thought yesterday. Rivera mentioned that the roster is in pretty good shape, that if he does draft a rookie, he'll have no problem playing him. But then also said to the media, I assume he's talking to the media, are you guys going to give me a couple of seasons? You're going to be patient with me. Well, if that's the case, if the other pieces are there and you do start a rookie quarterback, then yes, I think that you will see some patience if you identify that guy. You back yourself in this year with Ryan Fitzpatrick as kind of a transition, then you end up going with Taylor Heineke. That didn't work out. So if you're going to go free agent route or trade, okay, but you know what? A lot of the quarterbacks that have been linked to this team, I don't think are going anywhere anymore. Uh, you know, you have the Russell Wilsons who you pretty much made it clear he doesn't want to play for a, a defensive coach again. <clears throat> You've got Baker Mayfield who was possibly going to be out there. He's not going anywhere now. Matt Ryan's going to be back in Atlanta. Uh, Deshaun Watson's out there. Okay, fine. That's the name you want to talk about a trade, but they're not going to trade for Deshaun Watson. There's too much going on there. The NFL hasn't even gotten involved yet. Once his uh, legal issues are done, then the NFL is going to have his, their issues with it too and, and possible suspension coming down the pike. So, uh, you know, is a Mitchell Trubisky, somebody like that, a link that you could go and get, you know, and Aaron Rodgers has been talked about, but he's going to retire. I don't think Aaron Rodgers is coming here. So I think you're running out of names as far as guys that are currently in the NFL. So then you look to the draft. All right. Kenny Pickett, the Pittsburgh quarterback, that's your probably number one quarterback, Matt Corral the, um, uh, from uh, Mississippi. He's maybe could be there at 11, but you have to identify the guy. There's no more. There is no more room for anything. You have to identify the quarterback, the franchise quarterback. I know we've said it before, as Dave talked about, since 1971. But let's be honest that if you have put pieces 
around this team now, offense and defense, that if you have a quarterback that is going to make everybody better, which is what a franchise quarterback does, then you're putting yourself in good shape. If you swing and miss again, year three, and Rivera's mentioned it multiple times, year three is the year you take that next step, then you're, you're, it's, it's not going to be, it's year number one of the, of the, the rebrand, it's not going to be any fun. Well, and you make a good point because the swing and miss is, uh, you know, a couple notable, obviously from the draft situations is RG3 and then, then, then Dwayne Haskins. Those, Haskins. those are two right there. And I think more and more as we go over this conversation uh, and just how you described how difficult it is, the options, uh, where have you gone, Kirk Cousins? We're starting to sing around Washington. Dave Preston, you're next. Yeah, I'm kind of heartbroken that we're not giving Patrick Ramsey and uh, Jason Campbell any luck here as far as field first round picks. You know, I mean, come on, what, what's what's going on? I, the the uh, what's unfortunate for Ron Rivera is that he stepped into a very good situation regarding a quarterback when he was in Carolina. Cam Newton picked him early, and he never had to worry about who is going to be my franchise quarterback. He had to develop Cam Newton into an MVP, and and, and they did down with the Panthers. They went to a Super Bowl. They won division titles. They were a playoff team, but he never had to worry about that piece per se. And Ron Rivera being a longtime defensive guy, defensive coordinator, defensive assistant. He played linebacker for the 85 Bears who won the Super Bowl. He, it, you're always wary about that guy finding a quarterback because they don't always know, you know, what to get. Chuck Knoll, the uh, late Chuck Knoll Hall of Fame quarterback uh, or Hall of Fame coach, uh, was able to get Terry Bradshaw. Even when Terry was good in the 70s, there was a disconnect between the two. And once Bradshaw retired, Noel could never find another quarterback. He was a longtime defensive coordinator on his way coming up. So Washington needs to find a quarterback. I think uh, it might be a quantity and getting quality from that, meaning they try for a trade, they try for they they bring somebody in as a free agent, and still they uh, bring they, they they try to get somebody in the draft. Whether it's Pickett, as George mentioned, whether it's uh, I mean I, I could easily see Mitch Trubisky coming here to the excitement of no one, but Trubisky is a potential bridge for uh, whoever the first round draft pick. Uh, getting a quarterback for this team is going to be like taking your Christmas tree down. Eventually, you got to do it, or you're going to have a real mess on your hands. Well done. He well, says with a Christmas tree over his yes. back. Hey, it's not February yet. Are you still watering that thing? In the world. Are you still watering that thing? Hey, should I? It's it's fake. That yeah, <laughs> it's as fake as the turf at AT and T Stadium. Anyway, but the yeah. uh, so uh, and more and more now, we're <clears throat> nobody should be laughing at all your columns, Rob Woodfork on Cam Newton. Would, would we not be? I, uh, no, I still will. Well, I know George yeah. will, but I mean, you know, we have just, you know, Googled every quarterback and yeah. listed every possibility, and we're, we're stuck in this cul-de-sac right now, and, and could you argue that bringing Cam Newton in last year, we're not having this conversation? I mean, I, I, I know my uh, New Year's resolution was to lay off the Cam Newton stuff, but I mean, just because you brought it up, I mean, I'm just going to say. Uh, Thanks, Dave. He's cheap, he's available, and, you know, he's played in this offense before. And, again, that's not something that I'm emphasizing. That's something that they have emphasized. That's why Kyle Allen was worth a fifth-round pick to trade for. That's why they brought Heineke off his sister's couch, because he had uh, experience through uh, this offense. So 
Cam Newton, I mean, it's a former MVP. I don't think you lose anything. Worst case scenario, you got yourself a really good uh, or at least a really accomplished backup. So I don't know how much he's got left in the tank. The way he finished in Carolina was not very good. So, uh, I, I mean, we that, that's I think it's worth kicking the tires, but I'm a little less uh, confident that he would be uh, an answer for like a year or two. But uh, I'm all in on Deshaun Watson, guys. I mean, I think that that is. And again, I'm, okay. I always I always couch these comments with assuming that the legal situation, you know, comes out favorably or at least positively uh, uh, for uh, for Watson. And I'm not saying that it should or whatever. Like, that's a different conversation. But from strictly a football uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, within the context of football, I think that he would be the perfect fit. He would be the perfect answer because he is a transcendent talent. You talk about guys who make the rest of the team better. Now you can make the case. He had a really great individual season. The last time we saw him and their team only won four games, <clears throat> excuse me, that says more about the Texans to me mm. than it does about, uh, about Deshaun Watson. I, I think he's a transcendent talent. And I think I mentioned this last week, pairing him with Terry McLaurin. I mean, that's, that, that's a combination that could be truly special. And he hasn't had a receiver uh, in, uh, in Houston like that since they mind numbingly uh, traded D hop to uh, uh, Arizona. So I think that that is uh, he's young He's extremely talented. He's one of those transcendent talents, and that's what Washington needs. They don't need to, like, try and talk themselves into a guy like a Trubisky or talk yourself into these second-tier quarterbacks and like, oh, well, you know, maybe he could be the next Ryan Tannehill. Well, <laughs> you need to have no doubt that this guy can be your guy. And before everything happened with, you know, the legal uh, issues with Watson, uh, the book on him was that he was of good character. He was a good, um, you know, he's a, uh, has great football intelligence. Uh, he, he had that uh, press conference uh, famously where he was, you know, explaining stuff to the media, uh, you know, coverages and all of this stuff. So um, I, 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 if I'm, I'm going all in on that, assuming the uh, character stuff all pans out. Even if even if the league comes down, and you say it's a six or let's say it's a six seven game suspension. Right I mean, we just had fifteen games of Ryan, of uh, Heineke, so six weeks of Heineke isn't the worst thing in the world. I mean, this is this is not even necessarily just a 2022 move. This is a 2022 and beyond. So if you go get Deshaun Watson, assuming relative health, you know that's he's your quarterback for the next 10, 12 years. You know so. That that to me is what you're is what you're trying to get. And of all the options that are, you know, at least obvious to us at this point of all the options that we know of right now, that would be the closest to having a long term answer uh, of any of the ones that we know about. Well, and a couple of things here. I mean, first of all, in the Cam Newton situation, I, I didn't bring that up to joke because it, it's actually. <laughs> I mean, it does it's on the table. <laughs> That's where they're at. <laughs> it does. Yeah. Well, everything's on the table, but it does it seem to make more sense looking where we've gone? I know the counter argument was wanting to start a fresh start in Washington. Well, seven and nine is not new in Washington. We've made a career out of seven and nine uh, seasons. And, and, that, and, but, and the other thing, is, and the other thing is, he keeps talking about Carolina. So you can't keep talking about you want a fresh start when you're talking and about right. the quarterback, and then you bring in his backup 
for a, you know, sending a fifth round pick to Carolina to bring in his backup. And then every time you talk about how to build a team, we're talking about what you did in Carolina as if you built, uh, you know, this Camelot down there. It's like, all right, you did a good thing in Carolina. I don't want to take anything away from him. But most of his division titles down there came with losing uh, losing records or at least multiple uh, seasons had uh, losing records when they won the division. So for me, they had the 12 and four, they had the 15 and one, you take those two off. It's a lot of bad. Yeah. But I mean, are you saying like, that Carolina is uh, Ron Rivera's band camp? No, well, <laughs> no, 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 but yeah. I, I think, look, for any coach in any sport to, to refer to where he's been in the past and ha- and he has had some success. You, 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 Oh you know, yeah, so absolutely. absolutely. And, and so it's, 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 he, he, he does have a way of doing things. And it's not going to say, all right, I come right. to Washington and I'm going to start a whole new book. I mean, right. You know, I'm just saying he, I'm just saying right. he refers to it enough times that, you know, you, you would only do that. Like, for example, we had Mike Shanahan here and he won two Super Bowls in Denver. I don't remember him talking about Denver to the extent that right. Rivera talks about Carolina. So, right. I mean, they're two different guys and maybe they have, you know, different experiences or what have you. But, you know, he keeps talking about he, he kind of borderline romanticizes uh, Carolina as if like he won big there and, you know, he won, but he didn't win big. And then the, the Cam Newton, uh, I'm sorry, Deshaun Watson, I have no idea. I, I do. It's a yeah. lot of legal stuff he is dealing with. Right. And I think and that's way over it, my head. <laughs> yeah. And that's way over my head too. And I think yeah. it's a big assumption. The only thing I would, I would say is I think about that caution is uh, they are all about this flip of the page. And it's unfair to indict Deshaun Watson for what he's not been convicted of. Um, but it would certainly to do it right now with still so many unresolved culture issues within the Washington football team, and including <laughs> reports that we have not fully seen or, or information mm-hmm. not fully released. Uh, I think at least PR wise, it'd be a difficult sell. But having said that, you don't win uh, PR, you win on the field. And that's, that's a cold hard truth uh, about football. So that's, that's a real good shot because his talent is unquestioned. Mm. And you know what? We shouldn't question his character because that is for uh, to be sorted out in, in courts. Uh, I'll throw out one more name that I don't know if we've, we've talked about, but it'd be a, a, a trade possibility, but he's in the playoffs and maybe he's not going to want to move. But I saw a lot of speculation about Derek Carr as, as a, a Washington being a, a possible location uh, because as I look at the options, evaluating who's on the roster, uh, free agency, trade, or the draft, with the way this team is built now, evaluating in the draft, I don't think is the answer. So I, I do think it's you have to find a way to construct a trade for an existing quarterback. And uh, the, I got excited about the, the Derek Carr speculation, but I also wise enough to know uh, that as he's a quarterback of a playoff team, maybe that's not a realistic option in terms of what they would ask for him. And who, and also who knows with some with the coaching situation there too a new coach can come in Derek Carr may not be his guy you know you're gonna see that you're gonna see that with Daniel Jones in New York I mean he's all his supporters are now gone you know things like that right. Washington what the Washington could get Daniel Jones Mariota is another name that I was thinking about that could be a a, a bridge right. transition you know something like that but yeah Derek Carr that's another uh, great name out there possible because he has played well. And their their situation is up in the air in Oakland or Vegas, but uh, you know, but again, that you know, by the way, they shouldn't look any further than that interim head coach right now. The way he was able to Absolutely. get that team back, back to the playoffs. But, oh. 
But that is or another is, name, Dave. Yeah, that uh, that has been out there that I wouldn't mind seeing uh, a trade worked out for either. Yeah. I think no, the problem but, with that is Carr has very publicly said that he wants to be a Raider for life. Yeah. And I think that if you do go with Basaccia, Rich Basaccia, give this man his salute for uh, taking mm-hmm. a team that was mired in controversy and got him to the playoffs. Um, I, I, I think that they try to keep that, uh, you know, they try to keep that in place. And I think they recognize okay. what they have there. Um, right. But yeah, I mean, I, I I would love to see Derek Carr here. I mean, that's a number yeah. four jersey that <laughs> that would sell pretty well, I would think. Good move. But but wait a minute, let, let's just be clear about it. Isn't that the sobering reality? I'm excited about our Derek Carr. That's that's a long shot. Uh, Deshaun Watson, no question about the talent, but th- that comes with with its set of challenges because we don't know his legal situation. Uh, so just our discussion here today, the identification process just for us in a DC sports huddle is not easy. I can't imagine what yeah. it is inside the Washington yeah. football headquarters. And actually yeah. it was, uh, I think Preston was talking about this, the, you know, in terms of the, uh, you know, the defensive coach working with the quarterback and not really, you know, having that success. I mean, there's a defensive coach here. And so, you know, you wonder. That's why I said Russell Wilson wouldn't want to come here. Right. Right. But also, yeah. you know, you have the, the way to overcome that is if you have a really good, mind uh you know an offensive coordinator who is uh, super creative and who is able to get the most out of quarterbacks and i don't know if um you know north turner's kid is that scott turner <laughs> got got it. Name, yes. i did that on we're not calling I, him scotty I, I, I know his name i just did that on purpose he's north turner right, right. in my mind he there looks like north that's what blows my mind all right, let's let's wrap up the DC Sports Huddle. The, the uh, George, we'll start with you. Uh, the the top story beyond the quarterback that that you're concerned about with the Washington Football Team. Um, the look, I, a lot of talk about the Brandon Sheriff situation. I thought the other other really news out of that presser yesterday was that Martin Mayhew said they've offered him to be the highest paid guard in NFL history. Now we heard that in the past when Bruce Allen said he offered Kirk Cousins to be the highest paid. Blah blah blah. Whatever. Uh, they've tried hard with Brandon Sheriff, and Sheriff said each time. He wants to be here. I don't think it's going to work out for some reason. It just doesn't seem to be somebody's not telling the truth. Uh, so that's going to be another big hole to fill. I think signing Leno was huge, but uh, that I think you're going to see Brandon Sheriff walk away after this uh, off season and they'll have to plug that hole along the offensive line. And on that note, enjoy the playoffs this weekend. I'll see you next week. All right, George Wallace, we appreciate your, your uh, contribution. Dave Preston, you're next. Hey, I'm just glad that uh, Martin Mayhew's not calling Brendan Sheriff Brad or, you know, Brendan <laughs> or something along those lines. I think the big story this year, not including a quarterback, is going to be what sort of receivers are they going to bring? Because even though Curtis Samuel is going to – ha- Curtis Samuel has to be healthier – 2022 than he was in 2021 they still need more weapons Terry McLaurin needs somebody to work opposite him in order for him to reach his full potential and I think when you look at receivers especially in today's offensive uh, league that is the NFL you get quality from quantity and so you need two three four targets it's not they don't just need one other guy out there they need two or three others so I think maybe they go in free agency and bring somebody in or if there's somebody in the draft that looks really good this might be an opportunity for them to bring somebody in via trade because they have a bunch of defensive players who they know that they're not going to be able to afford maybe they move one of those guys for a big time receiver I'm looking forward to seeing who else is 
going to be available for whichever quarterback comes here to throw to. But aren't you the aren't you the JD McKissick guy? He's like uh he's like Alvin Kamara 2.0 every time you talk about him. Yeah, so he's one of them. He's one of them. He's one of the pieces. Still, still the most famous uh, misspeak in Washington, uh, recent Washington, or Dan Snyder's era will be uh, the immortal Pepper Rogers when he, when after, I believe it was after North Turner was, was mm-hmm. let go right before the season, says, we're going to get behind Coach Rabinsky. And of course, his name was Rabinsky. <laughs> that was, uh, and I still remember recording that press conference saying, what did he just say? Anyway, Rob Woodford, big offseason story. Uh, to me, it's Terry McLaurin because he's going into the final year of his contracts and, uh, you know, you don't have the fifth year option on him because he's not a first round draft pick. I know his play sort of uh, speaks to him being a first round talent, but he was taken in the third round. So you don't have that mechanism to try and keep him uh, longer uh, to get that contract done. So I, I, I I think that would be the the priority aside from quarterback is making sure that whatever quarterback comes here, he's throwing a number 17 for a good long while. He is the face. And I think I said this last week, he is the face of that franchise. He's the most likable player. He's the most productive player. He is their best player. He is a great ambassador, not just for this team, but also this sport. So I, I would love for them to get something done with him sooner rather than later. So we don't go into this situation where, you, you know, you got a franchise tag them and, you know, all of this mess. So uh, that that to me is the most important thing. And that's the thing that they, they should do before the draft if, um, you know, if, if they're going to do right by him. Well, and I would agree with that, not to be totally redundant on what you just said. But but to me, Terry McLaurin is the number one priority. Look, it's it's real simple. Uh, he's one year left on his contract, but you have the option to do the negotiation for the and get the contract extension done now. The window is open, and it's 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 not even what he does on the field that has me excited about Terry McLaurin. It's every time I hear him speak, mm-hmm. Terry McLaurin is a leader. So yes, he does wonderful things on the field, or the thousand yards receiving. All that's great, but he is a true leader who you can see having a successful decade-long career. And, and being a real franchise changer for this Washington football team. So as much as they talk about uh, wanting to go in the right direction, if they are going to go in the right direction, that's one of the people, uh, quality people that will lead you in the right direction. So and, also he won the, and also he won that media good guy award, I think this right. year. So, uh, you know, yeah. you, you look at it from that standpoint, I mean, this is a guy and I mean, I'll, I'll say what we say internally, every time we see Terry McLaurin quotes, that's like the guy that you talk to because you know, you're going to get something thoughtful. You know, you're going to get something that's uh, you know, that, that that's actually something other than coach speak and just, you know, sort of that canned stuff that, uh, athletes say like he's 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 very cerebral he's very thoughtful and, and and very intentional in the things that he says and for us in our line of work that is incredibly refreshing and uh and super necessary because you don't have a lot of that but again when i when i say what he says it's not because i yeah. love his quotes it's, it's right because right. i believe what he says is is so real right. and so authentic and makes a difference to the football team i mean I, I still love Steve Spurrier quotes, but that doesn't mean I want him back. <laughs> well, and, and what's amazing about... like that for about, different reasons. Yeah. <laughs> what's amazing about Terry McLaurin was that when he came here, we thought he was just a security blanket, a buddy for Dwayne Haskin. Yeah. Which, that's why they drafted him. Talk about dumb luck. You know, yeah. finding the one guy that, you know, 
your best draftee probably in the last three or four years for where he was picked mm-hmm. was this guy that you took just because it was uh would you like fries with that experience? <laughs> All right. A final, final uh, moments. In fact, I think Rob will probably want to speak on this. I'll just make a comment that I did the story on WTOP this morning about uh, only two of the last 20 NFL head coaches that were hired uh, black. And one of them was fired Brian Flores and, uh, the late John Thompson Jr. had a wonderful comment. Uh, it, when I say wonderful, a very insightful, as he always was, a comment uh, on an ESPN forum in the 90s about, uh, you know, black coaches just not getting a chance to fail like other coaches, uh, not getting the time to fail. And in this case, Brian Flores, <laughs> what's still puzzling about that, it's it's not even failure. The last two seasons winning. Mm. And I, I, I don't know if I've ever heard of a, uh, if I'm a front office person and, and you've just rattled off what was it? Seven straight wins they had at some point or eight of their uh, last eight, nine, whatever it was. Nine. Yeah. Yeah. It clearly a, a team that was playing for him. So I'll, I'll start with you, Rob, any last thoughts on that as well? Because it's something that um, again, there's more than enough candidates, a guy that uh, is near and dear to our hearts in DC, Byron left, which is certainly a name that, that should come up this off season. Uh, yeah, and and quite frankly, if Jacksonville doesn't hire Byron Leftwich, it is gross negligence on their part. They've had him in the building as a player, and you know mm-hmm. you can talk about his record as a player, you know, all you want to. But I mean, just as an offensive mind, the guy was the offensive coordinator of the most recent Super Bowl champion. Uh, he has Tom Brady's respect. That should be more than enough, and uh, we've seen around the league. Uh, guys who have been close to great quarterbacks. I mean, Adam Gase parlayed. Uh, being with Peyton Manning, which is, I mean, you could probably sit back and smoke a cigar and just watch (laughs) Peyton work as an offensive coordinator for whatever team he's with. And Adam Gase parlayed that into not one, but two jobs. So you look at the the failures of a guy like that. You look at Joe Judge up in New York. I mean, (laughs) Aaron Rodgers had to just like roast him in an interview before the Giants uh, actually let him go. It wasn't his record. It was because there was all of this talk around us keeping this guy. So uh, Brian Flores, look, (laughs) I mean, as far as uh, uh, Belichick uh, assistants go, I mean, most of them have been outright failures. He goes in the same division, beats the Patriots four out of six times, gets them winning records in back-to-back seasons, which, by the way, that franchise hadn't since 2003. How is that not enough for you? And this, this, this feels just like the Jim Caldwell situation in Detroit. Nine and seven, nine and seven for a franchise that never wins. Got them to the playoffs. The team that never goes to the playoffs. Not enough. Everybody that they brought in as since has been an unmitigated disaster and they make excuse after excuse after excuse. So this is the fact of the matter in the NFL is that black coaches do not get the same opportunities. They do not give the same level of um, uh, benefit of the doubt. And, you know, now that there is more attention on this, I hope that they do something meaningful to change it. Because again, you you shouldn't have to be Mike Tomlin to keep your job as a black coach in the NFL. The guy's got a hall of fame resume and he works for the most stable franchise in all of sports. So that's, (laughs) you shouldn't have to be in that situation in order to enjoy some level of job security as a black coach in the NFL, especially when guys who are equal to or lesser than you are getting more tenure and more opportunities. And even in the case of Adam Gase was bad and then got a job the next year in the same division. What? 
that never happens. So that that to me, and this is I know this is a rant now, but I, I you know we the, the NFL's got to wrestle with this because now it is a decades long issue. It is decades long. You can go to Art Shell even before that. How did he not get a second head coaching job after the job he did uh, with the Raiders the first time around? So the, the, the NFL needs a reckoning now. They need to get their owners in a room and they need to, uh, you know, re- really give it to these guys so that we, 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 get these, uh, we get these opportunities for these coaches. Hey, Preston, final words. Well, because NFL coaches love to be told what to do by other people. <laughs> right. Too. I, you know, in addition, uh, Anthony Lynn, Raheem Morris, two other guys who uh, were let go via quick triggers and then not given opportunities, uh, you know, they, they, uh, after that. Uh, Marvin Lewis is yet to really get a snip after doing a great job with Cincinnati elevating that franchise. It's unfortunate that the – the NFL prides itself on a lot of different things. And it's unfortunate that if you look at who gets hired a lot of the times, it's somebody's uh, kid, whether it's Kyle Shanahan or somebody's grandson, Sean McVay. those guys have been successful here and there. Um, the, uh, who um, you see, there was a stretch when they seemed to hire dudes who forgot to shave, who were friends with Sean McVay. Some of those guys have been successful here and there, but they, they, it feels like, Owners, for whatever reason, um, they refuse to be told what to do, and they look, as opposed to hiring, say, a Tony Dungy, uh, who did a great job as a coordinator before getting the job at Tampa Bay, or uh, you know Mike Tomlin before he got his job uh, with Pittsburgh. Uh, I think uh, the Rooney's actually, the only reason why they considered Tomlin seriously, and I could be wrong about this, was the fact that because of the Rooney rule, they had to interview him. And they were so wowed by what he presented as a candidate, they changed their mind on who was going to succeed uh, Bill Cowher. So there are quality coaches out there. Eric Bieniemy he's one of them who's not getting a sniff. Uh, you know, Byron Leftwich. And the thing is, I you almost want to say, if I'm Byron Leftwich, do I want the Jacksonville job? Because it's such a mess there anyways. But there are only 32 of these gigs. And it's unfortunate that I'm not saying that every new hire has to be African-American, but I think in, in a league where the majority of players are African-American, I'm thinking that more than 10% uh, of the hires as head coach should the hires, should the hires be 100%? No, but they should be a lot more than 10%. And I think the NFL is going to have this issue on its hands until you see progress, which I thought we had for a while there. Uh, with the, the with the success of Tony Dungy, Lovey Smith, with the success of Mike Tomlin uh, and all and Marvin Lewis, and all of a sudden it it, it feels like the, the the tide has gone the other way, which is very unfortunate because uh, you know these the, these are livelihoods and these are guys who deserve and merit opportunities to fail not just once but to fail again, as we've seen with other guys who are going to get other gigs. And actually, real quick, I think because- that. that- and actually real quick, because you brought up Kyle Shanahan, Kyle Shanahan is a perfect example of if he was black, would he still be in that job after going six and 10 year one, four and 12 year two, would he have been around for that Super Bowl run uh, in year three? So that is the kind of thing. And also diversity in uh, uh, ownership is a real problem. And that to me, I mean, that's reflective of workplaces across the nation, not just football. 
is you have to have uh, diversity within your leadership in order for you to get diversity within your workforce. I think right, if it's Kyle Preston, he probably wouldn't have gotten the job. <laughs> okay. no, seriously. I mean, we're, he's, we're he's, he's done great with his opportunities, but you know, Kyle Preston's not getting a coordinator job at 25. He's not getting a head coaching job while he still has trouble shaving. <laughs> no, it's something that, that needs to be addressed. And I don't just throw that out as a dismissive comment. The, the point is that we can't settle it here. And, but it's something that how you go about changing it because you can't necessarily legislate that, okay, you have to hire, they try with the Rooney rule, at least you have to have interview. Uh, but that, that number of two of the last 20 or 10%, Dave, however you want to phrase it, that's a damning number. And the NFL should be embarrassed uh, by that. And uh, as Rob said, get the owners in the room and say, what the hell is going on here? But having said that, you don't accumulate that kind of wealth that's not an easy conversation to have and get those kind of owners. I want to say those kind of owners, people that are used to having their own way, don't like to be told anything. Um, not that I know because I spent my first billion on just you know, <laughs> having fun anyway. On a tree, a light note on a serious subject, but let's, let's hope that I think this Brian Flores thing, and I'll, I'll leave it with this, that smacks you in the face. Yeah. It smacked me in the face um, because to me, there is no way you could justify and I'm saying this from Washington and not being close to the Florida situation, but, but close enough to sports teams that don't want to play for a coach don't. And the season goes badly. Theirs didn't theirs no, didn't. No. And it looked like they were going in the right direction. Thank you for your time today on the DC sports huddle. As always, we remind you, we appreciate uh, our sponsors on the, on the DC sports huddle is again, they've been with us all season long. It is uh, the wonderful folks at MGM national Harbor it's time to change the game at Bet MGM Sports. See, I was talking so long, the sponsor actually went off my screen and I had to stall for time to get it back up there. But remember, support MGM National Harbor. This conversation, by the way, on Black Coaches will continue again because there's a lot to talk about there. We appreciate your time on the DC Sports Tunnel. Break. Break. <laughs>